0: For years I've been palming off a particularly adorable baby picture of my brother as my own. We mostly share the same features. Blue eyes, nose, cheekbones. But that is where the similarity ends. Although I didn't fully realize this until my family stayed in his house one weekend sometime after Easter. He and his wife and kids were away but welcomed us to sleep in their house and eat whatever we could find. We arrived late on Friday night and fell tired into bed. After getting up the next morning, we found a bowl of chocolate Easter eggs on the kitchen table. Hungry and confused, we stared at the dish for a while and then began to hunt for breakfast cereal and milk. And this is when I heard my husband's gasp. He'd stumbled across their secret chocolate stash. Well, not so secret, given that the six large gold-wrapped bars, dark almond, milk, hazelnut, plain dark, in various state of undress, were side by side, not hidden behind bags of rice and cans of tomato sauce. We all gathered around this little shrine and marveled at the self-control that their family seemed to have. How did they manage to keep so much uneaten chocolate in their house? I do love chocolate. My husband and children are the same. Once open, a box or bar will always be consumed in one sitting and the rules are clear. No one takes more than a fifth. It works remarkably well and only breaks down when outsiders can't keep up the pace. I do manage most of my other vices quite well. Exercise daily, go to sleep early, and wake up not too late. And so, recently... Following a particularly chocolate-rich Christmas, and after standing on the scale, I sat down to do some soul-searching to find what started it all. My hope was, is, that if I could pinpoint the origin of my cravings, then I might be able to change my habit and indulge with a bit more restraint. I landed on Easter, which is by far my favorite day of the year. On Easter Saturdays, when I was little, we, my mom, grandmother, and brothers, gathered around the newspaper-covered kitchen table. For months, we'd collected onion skins, steeped these in a large cooking pot until the bath was now a dye. Around the eggs, we would wrap green clover leaves or whatever other early plants we could find. Then slip the egg into old nylon stockings and boil each swaddled package in the rich onion dye. Once the boiled eggs had cooled a bit, we carefully unwrapped and peeled the leaves admired the beautiful prince, and shined each egg with oil-soaked cloths. In celebration, and as per Swiss tradition, my mom and grandmother would each open a beer to toast our work, and eat any eggs that had broken in the boil. Early the next day, on Easter Sunday morning, And before dawn, my mom hid baskets filled with painted eggs and chocolate around the farm. I once found one high up in the hayloft, another under the heavy hood of a tractor, one beneath a rhubarb leaf. And one year, one basket was suspended by a rope, hovering just above the watery surface, Deep inside a rain barrel, I bit off the rabbit's chocolate ears and was pleased with my find. I've eaten a lot of chocolate in my life, and I know I can't keep this up. I would like to blame it on my heritage, but the problem is that I have convinced myself that this habit will never change, because this is who I am a big chocolate rabbit trapped inside a little person's body. There might be some truth to this, says James Clear in his book Atomic Habits. Whatever your identity is right now, you only believe it because you have proof of it. If you exercise every day, you have evidence that you are committed to fitness. If you eat chocolate every night, you have evidence of a different sort he proceeds to outline a fairly convincing path to developing good habits and defeating the bad ones too. So I am reforming, setting up new systems, envisioning a new me, chopping and eating carrots, while wistfully looking out on my snow-covered garden, waiting for spring beginning to collect onion skins and nylon stockings.